My name is Pete Knapp and I've decided to produce a series of interviews with scientists who are concerned about the current state and future of the climate and life on Earth. I'd like to find out how they got to where they are, why they feel the way they do and what they hope to see in the future. I think it's also important to show the diversity of those who have come to the same conclusion that we're in trouble. Uh, with me in this episode is Dr. Cara Lang from Chelmsford. Welcome. Hello. I would like to, to start things off with a challenge. I'd like to see if you can recount your entire life story in three minutes. I did a degree in maths and I went on to do a PhD in applied maths, uh, where I did mechanical modelling. In a university that actually specialised in a lot of climate science, I sat there looking at big white climatic research unit and carried on writing about squidgy elastic stuff. At the end of my PhD I wanted to use what I'd learned, my skills, my knowledge to make the world a better place and because I feel I felt quite strongly about road safety I chose to move into road safety modelling, into car crash modelling and I've now been doing that working for a consultancy for two decades. I shared my office with somebody studying how glaciers slide down hills who was actually quite sad that her glaciers were disappearing and my the colleagues in the department went off around, went off to, to the Antarctic to look at whatever they were looking at. It was great. I loved being at university. I loved all, all the opportunities it gave me. I spent a lot of time dancing. Uh, it was brilliant. 20 years in engineering, working as an engineer has also been good fun. I'm really proud of the work that I did in pedestrian protection because that was when the laws were only just coming in. That was an, a time for innovation and to think outside the box which I really enjoyed. I spend my time looking at computer models of bits of cars that have got a million elements in and that's what I do every day. And was there a moment in, in that period or in any period in your life where you, you, you realised that the, the climate needed our attention? Well, I've always been one of those people who's recycled and tried to reduce my car use. Um, veg I'm vegetarian because I didn't want to eat fluffy bunny rabbits and fish that looked at me. And I thought I was pretty, pretty aware of what was going on, but I was doing my bit. And when you say you're doing your bit, were there any times where you were looking at the environmental impact? Did that ever unsettle you? I've for a while now been slightly uncomfortable. I work in an industry that perpetuates consumption that we have to have cars become safer because new, more new cars are on the road and that protects the people in them and the people around them. But actually that means that's an awful lot of consumption to produce a new vehicle just to make it a little bit safer. And they've usually got bigger engines and consume more fuel and there's a whole conversation to be had there about SUVs. But that's me thinking now. How has learning about the, the climate and ecological emergency, how has that affected you? 
I have a 13-year-old son. Um, I realised that what I thought was going on was inaccurate when in about, in 2019, I looked at the IPCC report on 1.5 degrees warming. They looked at the difference on what would happen over the next century, give or take, between if we limited warning to from 1.5 degrees or if we limited warning to 2 degrees. Now, bearing in mind, we're about 1.1 degrees now. So this is 1.5 degrees since the baseline or 2 degrees since the baseline. The difference is effectively that the tropical area becomes largely uninhabitable. We end up with massive food shortages. We end up with uh, biodiversity loss because, because the, the wilderness, the animals and the plants in that, in that environment will not be able to adapt. And we were going to see the effects of this within the lifetime of my son. By the time he leaves school, we will already, if, we, if we're on a two degree warming path, we will already are predicted to see changes to food supplies, to where people can live that are just horrific. How, how confident are you in, in the models? You see, I'm not a climate modeler, but I am, I spend my day looking at understanding, investigating, interrogating mathematical models. And they are all based on fundamental physical principles in some way or other. And when you are a modeler, when, you, when you're in, involved in modeling and, and subsumed in modeling in that way, you know when the models are right, you know when the, something tricky is going on and there might be an inaccuracy. In my vehicle, it might be because instead of making the bonnet out of steel, you've made it out of uh, plastic. You can see that the results are wrong. And there is such a wealth of scientific understanding that has been poured into those climate models, including my colleagues from when, back when I was doing my PhD, that they would know if there's something wrong. I trust, I trust the scientific consensus that they've brought, that they scrutinise their own work. The peer review system is incredibly powerful. You see it every now and then when a paper gets withdrawn, that they're within, within a margin of error of being right. And the fact that there is a spread in those models gives me confidence that they're looking at the upper and the lower thresholds and whether we're looking at the upper or lower thresholds of the temperature ranges, it's really quite horrifying. How long have you been uh, following the, the progress of, of, of climate change? Has this been a fairly recent thing where you've really got your teeth into it or has, have you been looking at it for a while? I've always kind of kept an eye on the, on the environment pages, on the newspapers. And I've had conversations over the years about whether diesel particulates are worth are worth the, the drop in CO2 emissions, which is better, which is worse, how do we find the balancing act? It was when I read that report in 2019, I started by reading the executive summary, and then I started by reading through some of the chapters, and then I reread them to check I hadn't got it wrong, 
and then I started reading around, finding out some more. I um, reading information from scientists for XR, as it was called then, from the XR scientists, uh, including what has now become the Emergency on Planet Earth document. Reading from anywhere I could find it, basically. And it was all pointing the same way, and I really, really didn't like it. What did your colleagues think about it? When Had you spoken with them about it? That one's tricky. No, I don't talk about it too much at work. They know that I cycle because I'd rather cycle than drive. And they know that I'm the one who's always got the vegetarian food in the fridge at work. Um, but it doesn't get talked about as much as I would like. Why do you think that is? It's very difficult, isn't it? Because without business as usual, do I still have a job? Now, at the same time, as an engineer, working in engineering, yes, I think I do, but I think my job needs to change. How about uh, uh, family and friends with conversations with them about, um, about climate change? How have they gone? I think some of them think I'm slightly paranoid. I've had some very hard conversations with some family members. My immediate family are very supportive. They can see, they know, they know how thorough I am. They know that I've read around, they've seen me have the conversations with people, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to talk about it with friends that, oh, we're just having a cup of tea, by the way, the world's in a terrible state. How do you bring that up without making yourself the person who's never invited anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have uh, family or friends who are really on the same page as you? I have friends who are really on the same page as me. I ended up getting involved with, as I said, with, with XR scientists um, and with my local group. And I'm also involved with the XR engineers because I'm in a, I work in a crossover role, which is brilliant. And I thought what I find there is I find a way of looking forward, a way of hope a way that I can do something. The, the way I look at it is that if my son had an incurable disease, or I would move heaven on earth. I would do anything it took to keep him healthy, to keep him happy, absolutely anything. And yet effectively, that is the situation I find myself in, that I see his future being threatened. I have to do what I can do and my involvement with XR is my way of doing something, my way of taking action. You mentioned you were in uh, XR, which is Extinction Rebellion, um, XR engineers. Uh, have there been many engineers in that society, in that group who, um, who are from the petrochemical industry? It's a good question. I don't know if they have. I know we have um, a couple of engineers who worked, who retired from the aerospace industry. But it's very easy to find conflicts of interests there. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, how, how do you feel about 
the way that Biden's new government, uh, I mean, today there was a ban on oil and gas drilling that was announced. How excited are you about that new administration? Incredibly. Um, if we'd have ended up with a repeat Trump administration, I mean, he was selling off the Antarctic, sorry, the Arctic for drilling, wasn't he? What, two weeks ago? And now we've had so much, so much of that wound back. The announcement that he's planning, that Biden is planning to take America back, take the USA back into the Paris Agreement is fantastic news. If that hadn't happened, I don't see how the rest of the world could have dealt with the, with the problems, the burgeoning problems without, without the USA coming on board. It seems, though, that China is taking a bit of a lead yes. in environmentalism. Is, do you think this is a political move or do you think that they're really worried about, about something? That's a really good question, isn't it? They have a massive landmass with all kinds of uh, systems uh, and they are quite data-driven, I think. That's a very good question. Um, so more about you then. Have uh, have you taken part in any any cli climate activism before lockdown? I managed to go to the October Rebellion in twenty nineteen, which was brilliant. It was I met I actually met some of the XR scientists there, which was lovely. What what is the October Rebellion? It's the big rebellion that XR organised in London. In October, where for two weeks they tried to draw the attention of the UK government to get it to take seriously the need to declare a climate and ecological emergency and to start to, to tell the truth about it and to start to act on it, but not in a party political way, in a way that was independent of party politics. Did you feel then that the, 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 the truth wasn't being told? Absolutely. If you look at the news articles that you see on the front pages of even the BBC, which theoretically should be fairly independent and aware of the facts, the, the facts behind, for example, the IPCC reports aren't reported. That reported in June to say we're not meeting most of our targets. The main target we have met is to manage to reduce the carbon intensity of our uh, energy grid, but that's largely because we've transferred from coal, which is very carbon intensive, to natural gas, which is less carbon intensive. We've picked the easy fruit on that one. With little has been done about transport, little has been done about housing stock. We're, and none of this ends up in the BBC. On the, on the newspapers, broadly, there is one XR activist who is currently monitoring the Telegraph. And just this week, they've been encouraging people to fly more. And that is just not sustainable. We cannot carry on flying if we want our children to have the same life expectancy that we have. And uh, when you were at this... Uh... Uh, rebellion in London, were, were you heckled at all? Not that I really noticed. It was really positive. 
Oh, great. And did what? Well, did you see any kind of heckling happening around you or did, any, any problems that the public were having with any of the demonstrations? It, to me, in 2019, it felt a very positive, um, uplifting experience. Was that the first time you'd, you'd done any kind of activism? I'd been to one demo before ever. But fundamentally, I am the most rule-abiding, the most law-abiding person you'll find. Breaking laws, breaking rules is anathema to me. I'm the kind of person who, if it says walk on the left, then gosh darn it, I will walk on the left. So it must have been very difficult for you to... to... Built, built the courage to have gone. Yes, it was scary. The whole thing is scary, but it's less scary than doing nothing. Yeah, very good point. What about uh, Greta Thunberg? What's what's your what are your impressions about her? I I I find her absolutely amazing. She's I say it's scary, but doing nothing is even more scary. She has taken that to the extreme. She has taken, she's obviously incredibly well-researched, incredibly well-read, um, incredibly well-informed. And she is doing the only things that she can see she can do. And she's become incredibly powerful because of her honesty, because she is simply speaking the truth. And why, why do you think that people then in the UK might, might not like her? It's... It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's uncomfortable to be told that what you've got, you can't keep. To be told that the habit of driving, driving to the shop half a mile down the road just because it's raining is something that we can't keep doing because it has consequences. Um, although XR doesn't tell people what, very pointedly doesn't tell people what they have to do. You're saying, uh, you're saying habits. That's that's interesting. I'd I'd like I'd like to know if there are any of your own personal habits that have um, that have changed. Um, yes, I made an active choice to try to drive less, which is a pity because I actually really enjoy driving. Um, so I now I try not to drive to commute. This year it's been really really easy. Um, and I chose to either use public transport or to cycle instead both of which are so full of co-benefits number of books i read while i was on the train and my fitness levels are much higher than they were much higher a year ago than they were the previous year um i'm trying to cut down to reduce the carbon intensity of my diet i've been a vegetarian for years but what can i do to cut down the dairy in my diet the cheese in particular I do like cheese. Um, things I'm trying to make little changes. I've gone over to a green to a, a green energy provider, and and I've planted some fruit trees. I've also uh, changed to a to a green energy provider, and I think that that's one of those things that is so mm. easy to do, but it makes quite a big difference. Absolutely, yeah. It's also it's not only what I'm doing; it's also a statement of where the market needs to go. I, are there any other recommendations that you give the people listening to this? Well, one of the things I want to do, is, and I need, I need to, it's on my to-do list, is I want to change my pension. I'm trying to 
divest from fortunately what the bank I use is already one of the better ones in that it doesn't it's not currently investing in coal tar sands so that's good um but I would need to talk to my pension provider and check that I have divested as much as I can from anybody else who's investing in in fossil fuel based industries I'm also in my local area trying to engage with my local group with my local councillors with my MP in not only saying the things I don't like about the area or about policies or but also looking at what we can do looking at the positives looking at fitness it making making cycling easy for everybody I love cycling it should be easier for everybody but we need to rethink roads we need we actually need some more bike parks in the in the city centre so that you can cycle in and actually park your bike um you you were talking about Chelmsford there yep uh and I know I know the local councillors the city councillors are very amenable to change which is which is really really good I've had some lovely conversations as our local group we've done litter picks and things like that Uh, planting planting for the environment so that the parks are better able to support biodiversity better able to cope with the flooding that Chelmsford is a there's there've been a fair few areas that have been flooded fantastic um, so you think that speaking to an mp really does make a difference can i pass on that one it might do eventually <laughs> of course <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's leave it at that. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Cara. That was incredibly interesting. And that concludes the first interview of, of many, I hope.